Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast at UT Belfast. We hope you enjoy as you join with us on Sunday mornings and listen in as we seek to inspire our church and the people of our city to encounter Jesus and just love it with the biggest heart of compassion possible. We're going to kick into a new collection of talks called... Uh, joy in the crazy places, um, and we're, we're just going to continue on this conversation. I want to pray, Father God, may we find joy in the crazy places, because to find you is to find joy. So I, I want to take you to that moment. You know, you go to a, a youth camp, or you've, you, you've been to you know, that, that time of praise and worship, or you're, you find yourself at home, and you're, you're just, you just know you're connecting with God. You know, that, that alpha weekend, that alpha night, where you just, something kicked in. You just know, I am meeting with God. Those moments, think of those moments. Those moments when we cry out, God, I, I give you my life. I, I give you everything. God, have it all. God, I, I, I just want to know you more, Jesus. Jesus, you know, and uh, depending on what you know, generation you're from, it's, it's you know, if you're all Pentecostal out there, maybe it's like carpet time, those moments where you, you just know it's you and God. Those moments when you just know, I surrender all. It's, it's I give you everything. It's that moment where you get all Paul the Apostle. Now we're going to kick into Philippians and today, and that's going to be where we're going to jump off from. But we get all Paul the Apostle. Now, I, I want to take Stephen back you now, oh, 25 years ago when Stephen was like praying these prayers. I can remember going all Paul the Apostle. And it went a bit like this. Philippians, uh, in Philippians, we read these words that I want to know you, Jesus. Philippians 3.10. I, I want to know you, Jesus. Oh, I, oh, I prayed those prayers. But I, I want you to remember those prayers. Uh, and, and then it says uh, that I may know the power of your resurrection. Now, in Belfast, we say power, okay? It's, it doesn't make sense any other, any other place in the world unless you're like all Pentecostal preacher out there. And it's not power, it's power, okay? So the power of his resurrection. But there's another part of this cry, this prayer of Paul. I can remember as a young follower of Jesus Christ, though, back then, no, I knew it, but I thought somehow I could avoid it. I knew it, but I thought I could avoid it. And it went a bit like this. Paul said, I want to know you more, Jesus. I want to know the power of your resurrection. Okay, we're good with that. But I want to participate in your sufferings. Well, well, when I was a young Christian, I thought somehow I can avoid the sufferings. I can avoid the crazy places. You see, somewhere in my naivety, I thought that's for people who had less faith than I had. Oh, this is Paul the Apostle writing this, of course. Um, that, that's for people less faith because, you know, there's people out there and they were, at that time, they were claiming, you know, helicopters and airplanes and they were doing all of this stuff. And I had this thought that if I've got enough faith, I, I can have perfect health. You know, if you ever find a wife, I can have perfect wife. I can have a perfect family. I can have a perfect job. I can, everything can be perfect. No, I've written down here that in my little world, even my dog would walk itself. I know those little poo bags that we all love. Well, I wouldn't need them because my dog, well, he would take care of all of those things. I, I had this sense of, well, if you finished it with, in the name of Jesus, that all would be good. 
even if it didn't line up with Jesus' words, as long as I finished it with, in the name of Jesus. And you see, somehow, and sometimes we can try and convince ourselves that there's a, a way through. That would preach. <laughs> In Philippians, Paul is under house arrest. <laughs> He's in a Roman flat or apartment, no, depending on where you come from. He's chained to a praetorian guard. No, they are the elites, they're the kingmakers. And, and for us looking in on that, that's like horrendous. Two years, chained to a soldier, oh, trapped. But for Paul, this is like easy time. Uh, no, compared to the rest, this is like easy time. No, and we can pray, Lord God, would you lead me? I want to know you. It turns out to get close to Jesus, and in those moments, not that Jesus brings them on us, but he comes to us. See, there, there's something about those moments that as we serve Jesus, at times it can look a little bit like house arrest and a little bit like jail. A little bit like Paul, you know, you're chained to something. And, and if I keep it real this morning, maybe chained to someone. But it's in those moments that when it all gets stripped back, that we can find ourselves, you know, sowing in tears but reaping in, in joy. It's in those moments like James could say, you know, I, I don't know what's going on, but God has a plan. And it's in those moments we find confidence knowing that I, I can't do this, but Jesus is in control. Or when Nehemiah would cry and say that the joy of the Lord, come on, the joy of the Lord, it's my strength, not my circumstances. No, not the pleasure, not the how good the day's going or how brilliant my life seems. No, the, the joy of the Lord. Well, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That there is joy to be found in the crazy places. And perhaps you're listening in, and, uh, or maybe you can relate to this, that it's, you're in that final push stage. No sucking on gas in her. It's like, oh, I've got nothing left in the tank. Well, it's in those moments when we can think, oh, I've got nothing else, Jesus. That we find out that we've got everything because we've got Jesus. And that births the greatest joy. See, I am confident. No, in Philippians 1, 6, Paul writes, I am confident that what God has started, what God has started, I want to say to everyone listening in today, the pain is not the end of the story. The prison sentence that you're in, that's not the end of the story. Your circumstances, that's not the end of the story. Whatever you're chained to does not have the greatest hold on you. Jesus Christ has the greatest hold on you. You see, there's someone greater in the room today. There's someone greater in your room today. There's someone greater in your life today. You see, sorrow, it's all real. <laughs> we can't just think it away. It's real. But in your real night, joy can break through 
in the morning. Joy can come. So we're going to read from Philippians chapter 1 and verses 1 to 11. We're going to join Paul and Timothy. Now in verse 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. Now, to be honest, I, I could just stop there and preach from there, but, but I want to create a little bit of context. You see, to be a servant of Jesus Christ, uh, well, you can't serve Jesus and not find, well, it looks like you go to jail sometimes. <laughs> it looks like you get chained to something at some stage. It, it looks like that the, the, the path in front of you just looks a little bit impossible. To all God's holy people, in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons, now grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, I thank my God every time I, I remember you in all of my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. <laughs> Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, this is the confidence that he who began a good work in you. Now, we need to take hold of these things. He who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, it is right for me to feel this way about you, all of you. Since I have you in my heart. And whenever or whether I am in chains or are defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. He wants us to know Jesus so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, I, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, not looks bad, has actually served to advance the gospel. Because I may be chained, but the gospel is never chained. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord. And they dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Now, if God's doing it for Paul, maybe he'll do it for us. <laughs> and it builds their confidence. Paul is... He's wanting to update. He's wanting to shout out. He's, he has to write something and say something. And this is not a have to or, oh, what should I? This is Paul overflowing. His very relationship with Jesus, his reality of what it is to serve Jesus Christ. Paul is writing this overflowing narrative, this story. He has to tell the report that must be received. He has heard truth. He has experienced truth. He has lived in truth. And he, and he wants to share that truth. It's the overflow of his heart. It's ultimately what he's been putting in the tank, what he's been feeding. You know, in between going to jail and out of jail. <laughs> well, Paul fed something in him. And in these moments, this is just what comes out. 
Ultimately, it's like this, to know Jesus. <laughs> to know Jesus is to know joy. And when we get to know that we know Jesus and therefore the joy, that joy can't help but express itself in praise, in worship. We, we, we just want to sing, shout, declare, want to tell, we want to express. We just can't help but tell about the good things that God is doing in our lives. It's the overflow. It's not about our circumstance. It's about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in our lives. Jesus is the one who brings us joy. And Paul had learned these things with serving Jesus. Now you can look at these things and, and well, we're trying to keep it real this morning. And sometimes whenever someone tells me, yeah, I know, you look to Jesus, you find joy, and then the overflow, that's worship. That all sounds a bit good, no. But if you live my life, <laughs> see, it's not that the encouragement's wrong, it's just sometimes the inner story in ourselves. It's just a little bit more complicated. But what I love about Paul is that, well, Paul knows all about the crazy places. Paul is Mr. Crazy Place. If he's not coming out of one, he's heading towards one. He, he, he is the one who wrote in First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three to 33. No, I've worked harder than anyone. In other words, you can't work your way out of prison. You can't work your way into a life that's problem-free. He's been to prison more. He's been flogged more. He's been close to death more. He's been five times, 39 lashes. He's been beaten with rods three times. He's been stoned, shipwrecked, spent the night bobbing about in an ocean, always on the move, uh, overcoming rivers, robbers. My own people want to kill me, and it looks like just about everybody else that meets me wants to kill me. He, he was sleep-deprived. Now, that's Paul relating to use new parents out there, okay? He's been sleep deprived. He knows what it is to be anxious. He knows what it is to be hungry and thirsty and naked and cold. <laughs> but he said, but I don't feel weak. He knows what it is to be abandoned by his friends, 2 Timothy 1.15. He knows what it is for like the enemy to come and treat Paul like an all-you-can-eat buffet. I don't, have you had the thought? I don't know how they're going to work after no COVID. But, you know, all you can eat buffet, just like come along and eat at Paul. But in the middle of all of this reality, Paul has figured out some stuff. He's realized that the bad in your story is never the end of the story. He could say, but thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Ephesians 1, 3, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. See, our external may change, but Paul has realized that my internal stays constant, that my body can be chained, but my spirit always remains free. Uh, don't we see this in Acts 16 where, you know, Paul, the church planter, you know, put this one on our church planting programs where he ends up in the inner jail, you No, know, for the really bad people. He ends up chained in stocks. Don't think of the rats running around the place. Think of that, you no know, one room reality where, you know, everything happens in the one room. Think of the smells 
Think of the darkness. And at midnight, at midnight, we read of how Paul and Silas, they, they, they just start to praise. Now, if we take this backwards, that well, if they're praising, they've found joy. And if they've found joy, then they've found Jesus. You see, the reality is that if Jesus would go to the cross for you, he'll go to jail with you. And Paul and Silas knew this. You see, they might have known everybody else looking in and thinking, who are these two guys? Well, Paul and Silas, well, there's three. And whatever you're going through today, you are not alone. It may look like you're alone, but Jesus who walks into the fiery furnace will walk into your world today. In fact, the reality is if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he is in you and he, he, you can't take him out of you. He's there. Everything around you is shifting. But he's our constant. No, I can't see a way out, but I know the way. I may be locked in stocks, but my soul is anchored in Christ Jesus. I'm surrounded by darkness, but I have discovered the light of the world. Jesus is with me in the jail. He's with you. Jesus is with you today. He's with me today. He's with us today. He is the anchor in the storm. My story is not finished. He gets to write the conclusion. He started this and he will finish it. You see, Paul could write in Philippians 3, 8, I count everything that I've lost worthless <laughs> to know Jesus. I want us to remember the first time we met Jesus. No matter what was going on that day, no matter how it looked like, it gets a bit like this. Well, we meet him at the foot of a cross. And, and the cross is definitely not pain-free. <laughs> we meet Jesus who is dying for the sins of the world and dying for us. But what we discover, and this is the joy, that Jesus is no longer on the cross, that he's came off the cross, that he's defeated death and sickness and sorrow. And if he can defeat all of those things, he can, he can get us through. And Jesus comes in that moment, in that moment of the horror of the cross, and he comes so close that it changes our lives forever. And if he'll go to the cross for you, He'll go through the chaos with you. That's the joy. He is with you today. That there is joy to be found in the Lord. See, Paul, he's under house arrest, but he's not alone. The story hasn't ended. The story hasn't ended. I'm learning a lesson in my life that the enemy wants us to focus on moving our location but Jesus wants us to focus on living life to the full, no matter what our situation. See, sometimes we feel like if I can get through this, if I can overcome this, don't give me six more months and I'll jump back in. No, let, let, let me get my head above the water and I'll reconnect. Let, let, let me figure some of this stuff out and then, no, I'll, I'll try and read my Bible. No, let, help. it's in all of those moments... And the enemy is saying, you know, it'll be okay once you move house, change location. But Jesus is saying, no, no, no. There's joy to be found in every situation. There's joy to be found 
today. There is joy in the crazy places. There is joy. <laughs> to get practical as we round things together. Never, I've never done this. <laughs> and we're talking about giving birth. But I, I remember, you know, year eight, Mrs. Walker. Mrs. Walker showing us the video of how it happened. And I can tell you that that image will forever be carved into this like 12-year-old boy's mind. I've never done it, but I've watched it. And it takes focus. It takes fight and screaming. It, it seems to be you continually need someone to hold your hand and say, come on, let's get through this. Push, come on. At the end of this is new life. Come on, push. And Paul, will he give thanks for those people who had prayed for him, supported him? Because we're always going to need someone to help us. Here's what Paul says in Philippians 3, 13 to 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, I haven't got there yet. That's good. Because there's nothing worse than someone who looks perfect trying to tell us how to live. No, Paul is like, I haven't got there yet. Uh, no, that stuff's tough. I haven't quite made it. Uh, but I know it's the answer. I know it's the solution. And he says this, but one thing I do, and then he seems to say two things. No, he says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He says, I'm forgetting what's behind me, but I'm pressing on uh, towards what's in front of me. And the reality is that if you've ever been to jail, if you've ever been chained, if you've ever been through anxiety, depression, if you are working through stuff in your life, you realize that this is one thing. That as you're trying to make your way forward, you're always trying to fight with what's behind you. It's not a case of, will you do that? And then everything's cool. No, no, this is a battle. This is a dance. This is like one step this way and then something behind me. It's trying to pull me back. The picture here is of a runner. You know, you're running a race. You're going for it. And then all of a sudden, it's like someone starts to whisper in your ear. Stephen, rem remember that? Stephen, what about that? You've got that to do. You've got this to sort. You've got... And it's like as they're calling your voices and you're trying to run forward, you keep looking over your shoulder. And what happens in those moments is that if you're trying to move forward and over, looking over your shoulder at the same time, you will trip, you will fall, you will hit something. It will be chaos. Paul said, you, you got to find a way. Now, we're not talking men in black here. No, like, vroom, all gone, forgotten. We're talking about the reality that what is behind us doesn't have a power over our future in front of us. Paul said, I have a prize. I've got somewhere to get to. And if we don't have someone to run towards, we will never find this joy. If we don't have something or someone to fix our eyes on, we will never find this joy. And we find this joy in Jesus. Now, Paul, I love it. I haven't got there yet, but I'm going to take hold. 
I'm going to take hold of what has got hold of me. I'm going to take hold of who has got hold of me. I'm going to take hold of Jesus. And this is it. This is the, this is the time. This is we're coming to, to the moment. And you might be sitting there and you're listening and you're going, but joy in the crazy places. Come on, Stephen. You don't know what I'm going through. I, I can't even get out of bed in the morning. I, I can't cope. I'm just on the verge of giving up. Well, Paul says, strain towards. Now, strain sounds painful. I have a younger daughter who does ballet, and she does stretches with the ballet, which involves like splits, things like lifting your leg and pulling it where it should never be. And when I think of straining, I think of that. I think when I watch that, my eyes water, and I'm not even doing it. No, it's, it's one of those moments. <laughs> going to hurt. Strain. Now we're not talking marathons here. We're talking a sprint. We're talking, I was thinking, what is the spookiest place in the world at one o'clock in the morning? Church. A church building. Okay. Church building, one o'clock in the morning. You're here on your own and someone walks up behind you and goes, boo. Okay. It's that run. It's the crazy arms spinning, hoping your legs will catch up at some stage. It's that sort of run. If you've ever watched a 100-meter sprinter running, when the, the, the gun signs and they start to run, you see their arms going, and they're, it's like they're trying to grab something in the air. It's like, it just doesn't make sense. You know, it's like, if I grab this, this will put... And what they're doing is they're trying to move their mass until their legs catch up. The problem is we're trying to move our legs... And Paul said, no, no, don't try to run. Take hold of who has taken hold of you. Grab hold, do something that will reconnect you with the one who will bring you joy. Take those steps, listen to that song, read that verse, cry out, fall on your knees, scream out loud, phone someone, cry, ask for help, do whatever you need to do. But strive, grab hold. I, I'm going to take hold. I'm going to grab hold. I'm going to swing like a crazy person trying to grab the air. But I will get close to the person who has got close to me. The person who is Jesus Christ. And if he'll go to the cross for me, he'll go to jail with me. He will walk with me in the fire. I'm going to grab. I'm going to, I'm going to swing. I haven't got there yet. <laughs> but there are blank pages that are still to be written. I'm going to strive. There are people far from God who still need to be reached. I, I, I'm going to strive. There are people who are followers of Jesus Christ need me to encourage them. I, I'm going to strive. Holy Spirit, would you fill me? I'm going to pray. I'm going to speak in tongues. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. I'm going to break through. I'm going to grab hold of something. I'm going to celebrate the winds even under house arrest. I'm going to take every moment and every season 
I'm going to try to give an account of what God is doing. The voices, they're trying to trip me, but, but I am, I'm going to grab hold of, and, I, and I'm going to trust it. In one of these swings, I'm going to grab hold of Jesus, who's got hold of me, and, and somewhere in there, my legs will start catching up. And it may be just one step. It may be just one moment, but it will be joy. I'm not where I want to be. Like it was John Newton said these words. But praise God, I'm not where I used to be. And I am determined. I have one focus to get to where God wants me to be. I may feel alone, but I am not on my own. I am not powerless because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And he is my counselor. He is my friend. He will stand up for me and he will fight for me. I may be chained to this reality. This crazy place, but my soul is anchored in Christ Jesus. I am fixing my eyes. I am swinging my arms. I am promised joy in the crazy places. And I am going for joy in the crazy places because my story is changing. Because Jesus, in all of his beauty, he equals joy. And is the band are coming, the overflow of that joy, it's praise. Let's swing our arms a bit. Father God, for every person at home, for every person watching online, for every person who's thinking, where is this joy, God? Would you give them the strength just to swing their arm one more time? <laughs> to realize that the one they're trying to grab hold of has already got hold of them. That, that in that moment, that if they keep grabbing hold of you, that sometime their legs will follow. There is joy in the crazy places. I'm confident. Because Jesus is with me. Hi everyone, thanks for listening in on our Sunday podcasts. Check us out on our Facebook, Instagram at UT Belfast.